Welcome to Podcetera. Each episode is a journey of discovery as we delve into topics that pique our curiosity and yours. We feature in-depth interviews with fascinating individuals who have extraordinary stories to share. I'm Renee Lego. I'm Joelle Ludovic. And this is Podcetera. Heath Allen is the embodiment of versatility. Not only is he a character actor, he's a voice actor, writer, director, musician, vocalist, and composer. Heath was introduced to the world of theater at a young age, igniting a lifelong love affair with acting. Recently, he achieved social media stardom overnight with a spoof of a popular Lil John song. We sit down with Heath to unravel his insights into the world of social media and to discover the driving forces behind his creative spirit and what it means to be your true self. Welcome, Heath Allen, to our podcast, Podcetera. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm, a, I'm an actor and a musician and a voice actor here in Austin, Texas. A lot of irons and a lot of fires, but uh, that's... The best way to stay busy as a freelance creative person. So you have a lot of social media presence. You're pretty much everywhere. I live on social media probably to an unhealthy degree. Do you feel like that it's a second job for you? No, because I've made it a very conscious effort not to be. <laughs> I m very much made the choices like I'm not going to make this not fun anymore. There's that part of me that thought about it. I was like, oh, you know, oh, do I need to capitalize on this hot moment when things are cooking? You know, <laughs> and, uh, and my thing I've always done, for better or worse, is I just, I just do whatever I feel like when I feel like it. Some days I'm posting every day just because I have ideas and cool stuff, and then some days I don't post for weeks or more. There's all kinds of advice. I said, oh, you know, you need to post X amount of times a day and blah blah blah, and at this times a day, and I'm just like, I don't. I don't want to get into it because now, like you said, then now it starts seeing like a job mm -hmm. and uh, I don't want another job. <laughs> Why don't you tell us how your most recent Insta fame came about <laughs> or what prompted that? So I play, I have a yacht rock band called Yacht Z here in Austin. And uh, I'm going to stop you. For someone who may not know what oh, yacht rock is, yeah. could you tell us what yacht rock is? I forget is? sometimes. I, th I feel like it's, I, I always think it's so widespread, but a lot of people do go, what yacht rock was that? It started with a web series, a comedy web series years ago by these guys. They did a web series called Yacht Rock, where they all, it's very low budget and in a very endearing kind of way, where they played like, like Hall and Oates were the villains. And then the leads guys played like Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins and, and so they coined this term yacht rock, which is basically they have very strict parameters for it. But ask 10 different people what yacht rock is, you'll probably get 10 different answers. Early 70s to early 80s, like 73 to 84 ish, I think, something like that. Music, usually very highly produced, you know, lot, usually lots of keyboards, lots of thick vocals, lots of harmonies, things like that. And uh, our personal motto for it is the word smooth that's the word we use as our like guiding light is is it smooth 
And again, people like Michael McDonald, Kenny Loggins, do stuff like Summer Breeze by Seals and Crofts and Sister Golden Hair by America. And for us, it's all a matter of like what vibes, what fits the vibe. All of us in, in this band are around the same age, you know, around the 50-ish window. And so for us, it's all songs that like make you think about like, oh, back when you were in mom's car and she was playing AM radio or an eight-track tape or something. <laughs> or, oh yeah, this reminds me of sitting on the porch in the summer of 75. That <laughs> kind of stuff, you know, nostalgic. But they call it yacht rock, so it's kind of like stuff you might listen to chilling on a yacht, smooth with a groove, you know? Did Daniel ever tell you his Michael McDonald story? No, he did not. I'm going to have to hear that. The Michael McDonald story is he had a panic attack when he heard him in person. Well, that makes sense. He's he had a... to go see a doctor for it. Wow. So you'll have to get that story from He's in a pretty iconic voice. We're going to circle you back to the your recent right. bout of Insta fame. Right. And we took a Yacht we Rock. We did. Yacht Rock tour. Three-hour tour. Diversion. <laughs> so yeah, this band, we were rehearsing one day. And we were learning the song, Just the Two of Us, by Grover Washington and Bill Withers. And in the rehearsal, we, we joke around a lot. We have a good time. We laugh a lot. In a spur-of-the-moment whim... I sang the lyrics to the rap song Get Low by Lil John to just the two of us, just because it occurred to me, I was like, oh, this kind of fits. And that's and to me, stuff like that is humorous when you have a juxtaposition between like a real smooth, cool song and then these like ridiculously like profane rap lyrics about, you know, sweat dripping down parts of your body and things. <laughs> and so I was like, ah ha, ha, that's funny. And in the moment, we all laughed, and I think, like, the bass player, like, sang the next line of the Little John song. We're like, ah, that's funny, too. And that was it for the moment. But then over the next three weeks, like, it was still in my head. It was just in my head. One of the things I love about social media is I feel like it's a creative sandbox where you can just put out the dumbest stuff that comes to your head, and it's okay. A couple people might find it funny. So I put my mashup up of just the two of us and Little John get low. I woke up and my notifications were just like blowing up. <laughs> well, you know, normally before this all happened, you know, I'd get a couple of hundred views on a video or whatever, a few likes and comments, maybe. And so I went to bed. I remember one day I picked up my phone. It was like, it couldn't even count. I was like 99 plus notifications. I was like, what is going on here? And that began the ride <laughs> that continues all these like, Many, many, many months later, it's, it's died down now, but, and that's the, one of the craziest parts of all this is you have this experience of your online presence, like just blowing up and becoming this crazy thing where like it's everywhere. It's, it's people are pirating it and people are sending it to everybody. And I've had many friends be like, a friend of mine sent me your video, not knowing that I know you. <laughs> it's just like, have you seen this video on the internet? Can you? Like, give us a little bit of the song that blew up. Oh, this song? Can okay, you... yeah, hold on. Let me... I do want to know how many different versions you've done. Just over 50 now. We just passed the 50 mark. There it is. <laughs> to the window, to the wall. Tell the 
Sweat drop down my balls till all these bitches crawl. Skeet, skeet. That's that's the one that did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, again, that makes me laugh because you're like, yeah. As an artist, you have aspirations. <laughs> Never in my life was I, did I think, you know, possibly, at least so far, my biggest claim to fame is going to be singing that. Uh, but I try to be someone who keeps perspective and goes, you know what? I'm not going to. Wherever it comes from, it comes from. <laughs> There's been much bigger ramifications from this than I ever expected in two specific ways that come to mind. One is as I did more and more videos of different songs mashed up with that, not only songs, but then people start doing asking for impressions. And so some of them I'd do, not a song, but I'd do an impression of like somebody reciting those lyrics. And uh, as they saw, you know, more videos of me playing different instruments and doing all these different songs, more and more people started going like, okay, that's funny, but why, you're a really good musician and singer. So that was a really nice side effect when people started actually commenting on my musicianship and my singing and stuff. And they're not just like, ah, ha, ha, he does funny rap mashups. And the other one that was really shocking to me was I started getting a lot of uh, comments and messages from people saying various things like, hey, I, this is these were actual comments I got. Like one person was like, my dog died last week. And like, this is the first time I've laughed in a week was watching your video. And you know, yeah. other similar things. Some people were like, hey, I've been in like a really dark place and struggling. And like your videos always make me laugh and kind of give me a, a mood boost for the day. Somebody else said that like, oh, that song was like my late husband's favorite song. He would have loved that. That's hilarious. And like, so the stuff like that really touches me and just, I never saw it. I never would have thought to like me doing these, these stupid mashups would have any like meaningful impact on someone's life, you know? You had a lot of positive, but any sort of negative? I'm really, really lucky in that it, I have, but it's been very, very small. Anytime anyone gets any kind of notoriety or, you know, your num as soon as your numbers grow of followers or you get any kind of recognition or fame, the percentage of trolls also increases. Tom Hanks, supposedly the nicest guy in show business, and yet you'll still get trolls going like, oh, hey, Tom Hanks, he's an idiot or whatever. You know? But yeah, I have had some, mostly that just make me laugh because if you go like, if I'll do a little John mashup video. And there'll be like 500 comments of people going like, oh my God, I love this, it's so funny. Please don't ever stop doing this. It never gets old, it's my favorite thing. And then one guy will come in and be like, bro, you need to stop it, it's old now, find a new thing. If you compared today to five years ago, I think there's a lot more negativity. Mm, I agree. Online. It baffles me because like, I said, I'm on social media all the time and if I don't like something, I scroll past it and go to the next thing. I don't go like, I need to take time out of my day to go like, I did not like your video and you're stupid and should stop making videos, you ugly piece of crap. It says more about them. It's somebody who's really unhappy in their life. I'm gonna make as many other people unhappy as I can because I'm miserable and you should be too. I'm gonna get existential yeah, yeah. for a second. Oh, go for it, I love what it. What do you think social media says about society. I'm someone who's a very much a champion of social media. I love it. Now that being said, like 
anything, I don't think there's anything that exists in the world that doesn't have pros and cons. Everything does. Everything does. And social media does have a lot of cons. The social media is still fairly new in the grand scheme of things. I mean, I know we don't feel like it's new because it's, you know, MySpace way back when. But still, if you look at the big picture, it's still fairly new. I, I would say most human beings are probably affected by people's words, even if you don't want to be. If someone comes on and goes, you're stupid, you might be like, that's just a person having a bad day or whatever. But it still kind of hurts. And you're still kind of like, I, I don't feel good that someone said that to me. And, and so having that kind of access to everybody is it can be dangerous for our mental health. I think one of the reasons I have such a positive, not even just audience, but I mean just scrolling my feed on a daily basis is because I put a lot of effort into curating my social media in that, for example, when I'm scrolling Facebook, this is nothing personal, but like if I see someone who generally just posts stuff I'm not really interested in or posts a lot of political stuff or posts a lot of negative stuff, I'm going to hide them from my feet. And not it's not a diss on them. It's not like you're a horrible person. You shouldn't. But it's about what I'm looking for. I go to social media for fun and relaxation and socialization. And so I want it to be a positive place for me. I know this is true of me, and it's probably true of most humans. I kind of feel like, really, we all want to be loved by everybody. <laughs> we want to be loved by everyone, and that's impossible. It's just not possible. I have so many relationships because of social media. And don't get me wrong, I, I, I definitely I do not think social media is a replacement for in-person relationships. Like, it should never be a substitute. It's, there's a lot of negative to it, but I, I personally feel like there's far more positive about social media than negative. I'm on it all the time, and I have no desire to change that. I'm never like, mm, I need to spend less time on social. I'm like, no, I love social media. It makes me feel connected to the world and to people and to my friends and gives me a place to put the silly ideas to tumble out of my brain. <laughs> Has it helped your career in ways, you know, being on the Instagram and social media? Has it really uh, boosted your career or had any? Not as much in very obvious ways. Things like, oh, you know, again, oh, yeah, because Steven Spielberg called me because he saw my video. But more in, um, it has, if you, in subtle ways, um, for example, when the pandemic first hit in 2020, uh, naturally, no, I wasn't playing in bands anywhere and I wasn't doing any acting work because we were all staying at home. <laughs> and I got real prolific in that time because I'm like, well, I, I got to do something. What do I have to do but put out videos? And so I put out, that's when I really started putting out a lot of videos, all kinds of stuff, not just comedy stuff, but also like, hey, here's a cool guitar solo I really like and playing that, you know, or a cool piano part. Or, oh, gee, here's this song I learned today is cool. And because of that, some of my musician friends who were, casual acquaintances, but like they didn't really know me as far as like what my skill level was or, you know, they didn't know me good enough to be like, oh, we should get him when we need somebody for this band or, and after seeing all these videos I was doing, they, they did. And I had a couple of people that now I have regular gigs with when, you know, there's certain bands I sub with when like somebody can't do it and I'll jump in and, and do gigs with them. 
And that's directly because they had seen all these videos they put out and been like, oh, wow, he's like, he's a good guitar player and he's a good keyboard player. And we need someone who can do both of those in the band. And there's not a whole lot of people who can play guitar and keys to the level we need. So that kind of gave me a little, you know, leg up in, 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 in some regards like that. And the Yacht Rock Band came about because uh, my friend Keith Ruckus, he books for a place here called The Boat. I guess it was a couple of years ago now, he'd put up a post in a group I was in on Facebook that said, hey, looking for tribute bands, especially if anyone's got a Yacht Rock Band. And I went, I would like to have a Yacht Rock Band. That'd be fun. And I like called you know, my, some of my best friends who I was in several bands with already and was like, well, hey, y'all want to like form a rock, y'all rock band with me? They're like, yeah, all right, cool. And it all happened, you know, because of that Facebook post he made. And now we have a residency at the boat. That's our home venue where we play every month there. So there's been a lot of ways like that. What's your favorite Yacht Rock song? Oh, I don't even know if I could choose. I, there's a Sirius XM station called Yacht Rock Radio. It's like, man, I love every song they play on this. And it just made me realize that, you know, I just loved all that music. But, um, so would Christopher Cross be Yacht Rock? He would. He would. His, I absolutely love Christopher Cross. You know, he lives <laughs> uh -oh. here in Austin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, most people think if you were to ask people to name a Christopher Cross Yacht Rock song, they would say Sailing. But we choose instead to do Ride Like the Wind because we think that's way more fun. Because there's a lot of doo-doo-doo-doo. There doos. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I feel a song coming on. I don't know. <laughs> Renee? Renee? It could be time for some. Uh, uh, we, uh, I do want to pivot <laughs> okay. to another topic. But maybe yeah, not. Why don't you play? Why don't you play something for us? Oh, I know. Maybe something of yours? Yeah. I, uh, I met Renette. I, uh, I met you. You oh. me. Do, 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 do. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. true. I, I sing. I was a soprano yeah. I one know that. back in the day. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah if there's you want. a lot you don't know about me, Heath. It's true. And that it is. That's very true. Really? I did prepare uh -oh. a song today. Uh, like, I could have picked a song that I've done a million times. I could play in my sleep. That'd probably be the safest bet. But instead, I was like, oh, this is one of my favorite original songs I've written. That, uh, the thing about my originals is I don't play in any original bands. I play in cover bands mostly. So I don't ever play my originals. I usually record them. I'm a one-man operation. I play everything on them. I release them, put them out on the internet. Then I never play them again. So sometimes when I need to, I got, I got to go back and like relearn my own originals, which is always fun. And half the time I curse my past self. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? What is that chord you're playing? Uh, so to make things extra hard on myself, not only has this only, I think it's only been performed live one time on another virtual thing. I, mean, I did a guest spot with someone, but it's actually more of a piano song. But I was like, well, I'm going to play it on guitar. <laughs> I don't, again, I don't know what it is about me. This will be interesting. Hopefully these levels will be okay. I don't know. Let me, let me turn my... Are you going to set us up and tell us the, the name of the song? A song called Love Manifesto. One, two, one. Does that sound all right to y'all and y'all's ears? Vocal. Hello. Sounds all right to Love. me. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. For the first time ever, transposing a piano part onto guitar, kind of. 
<laughs> All right, let's go. From the same star stuff Electrical lovers Met for each other Forever's not long enough No words exist that do justice To this I know because I've tried them all Our kisses are universe Unto itself That makes this one seem so small Yeah no quantum physics or ancient mystics can quantify this thing we've got. No supernovas or fusion explosions can burn as brightly or as hot. When the stars are all gone, we will be shining on. There is more than one way to Big Bang. Once we start on this flight, we'll be flying all night. Come again like a boomerang, yeah. This is our love manifesto. Enough love and light. Our love's gonna survive the test, so it can be a beacon into the night. If love is your religion, come on, let's go and show the people what is true and right. For sometimes we fall in love, conquer all. Yeah. Into my yang, we've each got our own thing, but together we are catalysts. Both amplifying all our underlying things that already exist. We're exponential with all our potential, with strength and balance and enhance. I'm always behind you and not just for the view of you shaking it while you dance, yeah. This is our love manifesto, revolution of love and life. Our love's gonna survive the test so it can be peeking in through the night. If love is your religion, come on, let's go. Show the people what is true and right, though sometimes we fall conquers all. Come on, let's go. Show the people what is true and right. Though sometimes we fall up, conquers all. This is our love manifesto. Whoa, whoa. This is our love manifesto. Whoa, whoa, dude. This is our love manifesto. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sometimes we fall up, conquers all. That was a world debut for you. Wow, that's awesome. 
A lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was very fun. There was a lot of doot doot doots in there. There were a lot of doot doot doots in there. Say? That's Great. a secret to good songs, it. isn't it? A lot of doot. Didn't even plan that for the whole Christopher Cross connection. All about See? songs and with the... doots today. Great co- guitar playing too. And... Well, is that oh. really a Michael McDonald connection? No, because we were talking about Ride Like the Wind, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, actually, just ba da 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 Whatever. It's crazy how these things stick in your head, right? Before we talk about acting, I'm going to just ask you one question. When I was researching you, I happened upon your blog, and I actually was surprised how much you shared yeah and mm-hmm. how open you were and i was wondering is this sort of a form of therapy for you releasing <laughs> negative thoughts of the blog because your your instagram your personality you're very very bubbly and you seem happy right in general and just like anybody we have we have our moments yeah. right yeah you've hit upon something very interesting all the people close to me in my life who know me really well will be the first to tell you that I live online transparently. Like, I put it all out there. I have no filters. It's all out there. If you did go and read my blog or read my Facebook or whatever, you, I think, would actually really get to know me, the real me. Because, again, it's not like just I put certain things out there and don't push. It's like, no, I put it all out there. I kind of feel like if I'm transparent about every nook and cranny of who I am, then if you like me, do you really do like me? That's me. If you don't, then that's fine too. At least we know now. <laughs> and it's not like, oh, you thought you liked me, but then you found out what I'm really like. And you're like, oh. I have found time and time again that it helps people because so many of us can feel alone in whatever we're going through. If you're going through depression, if you're going through a death in the family, if you're going through job troubles, career troubles, whatever it is, it's very easy to feel like, oh, man, everybody else's life seems so great. And, man, mine is like, ah, frustrated with mine. And because exactly of what you said, how, like, in general, I'm perceived as a, a goofy, fun guy who's very positive and does silly stuff and is always up and has, you know, he's just got a great energy. And I'm like, I am probably someone who people least suspect has ever suffered from depression. I'm like, oh, I absolutely have. I've absolutely, like any person on this earth, had really dark times in my life where, you know, I just I just didn't want to wake up. I was like, I just, man, if I went to sleep tonight and didn't wake up tomorrow, that'd be okay because everything sucks right now. <laughs> and I think it's important for people to know because depression, I, I'm very lucky in that I don't, as far as I know, I don't suffer from chemical depression. I've only ever suffered from like, situational depression, something, you know, I'm not happy with the way my career's going, or I went through a breakup, but it's not a chemical imbalance in my brain. And so I just think it's really important that people know that even someone like me, who used to be like, oh, you're so happy and fancy and funny. It's like, I've been there with you. I, I'm, you're not alone. In one of your blog posts, you mention not feeling comfortable in your own yeah. skin. Oh, yeah. A weight fluctuation. Mm-hmm. For women, this is definitely yes. a thing. Right now, I'm dealing with issues where 
I'm gaining weight and I can't lose it and I'm at a certain age and yes. all these things are happening yes. and I feel like I'm walking around in someone else's body. I can't, I, I'm disconnected completely 100%. to who, what this body is and how it operates. Yes, that is, I'm 100% identify with that. And it's way, it is, I definitely think way worse for women culturally uh, as in, as most things are. My physical body and, and my vanity and how I look is the number one source of stress and unhappiness in my life, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Up till I was about 18, I was rail skinny. I was like 30 inch waist, tiny. And then, you know, 18A, your metabolism slows down a little bit. You're driving around now. You're not walking everywhere anymore. I got my own money so I can eat Wendy's and ice cream as much as I want. <laughs> and it's so, what's weird is like, I do not remember gaining weight. I don't remember going like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm getting fat or whatever. All I remember is that one day I went to a costume fitting for a film I was doing and they were like, okay, yeah, 40 inch waist. I was like, wait, what? When did that happen? I just know, like you said, where it felt right to me. Where I was like, I feel like myself and I feel like everything is functioning the way it should be functioning. I'm struggling right now in trying to get it under control, mainly my diet. Because especially as someone in the entertainment industry, I'm just so self-conscious. I'm like, oh God, I look horrible in this. I've got this huge fat belly hanging over my pants. And I'm like, ah. And I don't want to see the footage and I don't want to see the pictures because all I see is a ugly troll. When I was my healthiest, I was going to hot yoga five times a week. I was fit. Even there, I remember that time in my life. And I remember that even while well, I was happy, I was happy with where I was at. I was like, this feels good. But I even still, I remember you know, like looking at pictures and looking in the mirror and kind of being like, you know, there's still a little, little something I could lose. I mean, I don't get me wrong, I'm in a good place, but like I could be yeah, still a little slab down there. I look at those pictures now, and I'm like, I was insane to think that. Like, that's a fit dude. And I would kill to be back there again. And what the, how could I have possibly looked in the mirror at that? And that's body dysmorphia. We all, we just don't see ourselves accurately. I empathize with anybody who struggles with that, which I imagine is probably most of us. But yeah, that's a long-winded way of saying yes. My meat suit is uh, is my my constant source of unhappiness, and I hate that because I hate everybody preaches the self-love, be happy, and that's great in theory. I don't know how to do that. There's always something that you can find wrong with yourself, right? We're gonna switch topics, Joel. You want to take us into the next section? So out of the range of what you do, your acting, film, TV, corporate, industrials, voiceover, and theater. What is your um, true love out of all those mediums? Well, the reason I do them all is because I, I, I can't, I've always, they've always all shared my life. Like I started acting and playing music right around the same time when I was about 11 years old. And literally my entire life, those two things have remained pretty equal. There have been phases in my life where like, okay, I was more active in bands, wasn't doing as much acting. Oh, I'm not in many bands now, I'm doing a lot of acting. And then now for, you know, the last many, many decades, I'd say at least a couple of, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, they've been pretty much equal. 
I, I couldn't have it any other way. Skills as a musician, I feel, are more objective. Like you can watch someone and objectively be like, okay, that's a, he's, he's a good musician. And acting, I feel like, is totally subjective. There's no actometer you can measure and be like, oh, he scored a nine on the acting. He's, even pick famous actors, Leonardo DiCaprio. Some people think he's the greatest actor of our generation. Some people go, he's a horrible actor. I hate him. I don't like anything he's admitted. Totally subjective. I get much more frustration from my acting career because it's so out of your control. The reasons you are or are not cast are so out of your control, random variables. Your acting ability is only the tiniest ingredient in the recipe. It's in there. But it's not a meritocracy where it's like, well, if you're a very good actor, you will rise to the top and have a career. It's like, no, I'm sure there's great, great legendary actors we never even heard of because they're doing dinner theater in Iowa. And nobody knows who they are except the people who go to that dinner theater and they go like, that guy's amazing. I could never give up on camera acting, but I could also be completely happy if I only had a voice acting career. Because one of the things I love about voice acting is you can play anything. It doesn't matter what you look like. Yeah, I, the, uh, my example is always uh, the guy who played Batman in the Batman the Animated Series, Kevin Conroy. He's a, a lot of people's favorite Batman. And if you see him, he would never get cast as Batman in a movie. He was like, he, he, he was like this tall, skinny, gangly, redheaded guy. And that's awesome that he could have a career as a lot of people's favorite Batman ever, regardless of what he looked like. So I love voice acting for that reason. If a genie popped up and forced me to choose one, I don't, I don't know. I, but in the acting world, at least, I would choose voice acting. I've said many times that every single day of my life, I want to quit because it's so frustrating, but I can't. Like, I literally can't quit because it's doing the things I love, which is music, acting, voice acting, are like the times when I feel the most alive and fulfilled and in my element and like, yes, this is why I'm here. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm alive. This is... And you put up with all the rest of that crap for those few tiny moments you actually get to do the thing. Yeah, exactly. But it's worth it. it yeah, I always tell people, you know, I, it's not me. I mean, lots of actors have said this. It's a persistence game. You got to be the one left standing when everyone else has been like, it's too hard and I quit. And I, I can't quit. I couldn't be happy with if I quit. I'd be miserable. I'd just be like waiting. Well, how long of my life do I have left to live? That's a lot of nine to fivers are, are like that. I, don't, I couldn't go back to an office job. I did it. You know, I've done many office jobs over the years, but I couldn't do it now. I'm not built for it. You describe yourself as a character actor. Sure. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Was that the dream to begin with, to be a character actor? Or it's just something that naturally progressed? You know, when I was younger and first really getting into acting, I, I just don't think I had that specific of a vision. I was just like, oh, I just love acting and I just would love to have a career in it. And of course, when you're younger, there's some part of you that's like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to be like super famous? Just be like, you know, Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks or Harrison Ford or whoever. Be rich and all that. And, and then as you grow as an artist and get older and get more mature, you know, it, it, it becomes more about, at least for me, 
the actual job and the craft and, and, and the passion and not the fame and the money and all. I mean, yes, of course, I would love to not worry about money. Who wouldn't? It'd be great if I had enough in a bank account. I was like, okay, well, I'm set. And I don't got to worry about that anymore. And I can just do the things I want. But that's never been the goal. One of the hardest things about this business, I think, is there is no map. There is no path. I could tell you every step I took in my life that led me to where I am today. And you would not get here if you followed the same path. I think that's why people are used to office jobs. Again, where you go like, okay, you get raises and you get new job titles and you can climb up the ladder and then you're this guy. Now you're the manager of your department and you become vice president. And there's a clear path to where you might want to go in a corporate setting. Money has never, ever been the focus, which kind of leads back to the first thing you said about when my videos blew up, got strike while iron's hot. How can I monetize this? How can I make the most of this moment when everyone's looking at me and my videos are blowing up? I was just like, no, I'm going to keep doing what I've always done, which is just post what I feel like posting when I feel like posting. Since that first one blew up, the just the two of us mashup, I still, to this day, get multiple comments a day from people going, you got to give us a full version. We want a full version. We want like a full song, not just a little snippet. And I've explained multiple times, like, it, it, that doesn't work. It doesn't work as a full version at all. I thought about it when it first blew up and people started begging me for it, basically literally telling me, well, I will give you money. If you put this out, I will buy your thing. And I'm like, I'm not going to do it because it doesn't. You think you want a full version. Trust me when I tell you, you do not. <laughs> it would not be good. It would not be funny. It would be very forced. And it would strictly be me trying to capitalize on the cachet I've earned off that. And I'm not going to do that. I think part of the reason it was it worked is it is short. <laughs> you can consume it, you get the joke, you move on. Totally. Right? Yeah, it's, that's right. I agree. Just like SNL, right? When they do a skit and you, it goes way too long. You like yeah. I still love SNL because they will swing for the fences and fail. They'll still put this some weird ass sketch on at 11:55 that sometimes is funny as hell and it sometimes just falls on its face. And I love that after all these years they still do that and they will still just do the most random crap that might utterly be a failure. Have you ever thought of starting your own show? I describe myself as incredibly lazy. Which cracks a lot of people up because from the outside, people are like, that's insane. You're always busy. You're always working your ass off doing stuff. I'm like, here's the thing. I absolutely work my ass off for the things I love doing. Making a song, doing a show, playing a show, the band, you know, if I'm on if I'm on a film set, I'll go as long as you, you want another take? Let's do another take. I'll never be like, can we go home yet? I'm like, no, I love it. Love it. I'm incredibly lazy about the things I don't want to do, <laughs> which as a freelance artist, there's a lot of, you know, business crap you should be doing, you know, your networking, getting your resume to get your demo reels, your, I, you know, I should be, I should be probably searching out more work myself as opposed to just being like, nah, I'm just waiting for my agent to send me stuff. I wait for things to just come to me on a silver platter. 
Again, back to Spielberg. Tell me. Wouldn't that be nice? Just I'm waiting yeah, for that Spielberg no. call. I'd be like, I've seen your TikToks. I want you in my next movie. I'm like, great. <laughs> I'll try to get his card. When I see I think him. If, I, I always think of it as like playing the lottery. I'm like, I'm just waiting to win the lottery. How is uh, how is it that um, Spielberg is the through line in this podcast? <laughs> it doesn't have to be Spielberg. I'm not picking anyone really. You know. Actually, you know, I, I, James, I, you know, James, uh, James Gunn. I love to work with him. I've loved everything he's done. Taika Waititi. That's what I really want to call me. Love me some Taika Waititi. I want to be in the. Hey, hire me for what we do in the shadows. I'd love to be on that. Love to be on anything Star Wars. Ahsoka, call me. Cast me. I have experience with prosthetics. I have experience in suits. I have experience talking to puppets. Got all the relevant experience. And meat suit experience. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of opportunities out there could benefit from some more Heath Allen. In them. So we're at the portion of the podcast where we're going to do some speed round questions. Oh, oh Lord. So you don't have to go rapid fast, but abbreviated right, answers. Gotcha. I know that's hard for you. It is. You asked <laughs> right? a lot, but I can do it. I have faith in myself. Please perform your best celebrity impression. I'm just going to do this one because it's the first one that came to mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was pretty good. You sound just like that guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what char character would you like to be stuck on a desert island with? Uh, a funny, intelligent, sexy one of the woman variety. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not, there's a lot of funny, intelligent, sexy women out there. So I'm, you know, yeah, I don't even want to name names. I don't want to leave anybody out. But yeah, we'll make it a rom-com. It'll be a Desert Island rom-com. We don't want to cause any trouble, so. Okay. <laughs> We're going to be shaking it up. Okay. Who is your favorite character actor? Used to firmly be Gary Oldman. Still up there, but I've actually kind of leaned now towards Alan Tudyk because I feel like me and Alan Tudyk have more in common than me and Gary Oldman do. But they're both amazing and have a huge variety, and I love them and would Take either of their careers. That's a good one. So we do this little segment, um, sort of like whisper down the lane. You know that what that is? One person tells a story, and that person tells the next person a story. And then, then when it comes back around, it's just the same okay. story that was told okay. in the beginning. It's kind of the gotcha. concept of it. So we're doing like uh, doing a version of that called question down the lane. This was a question that our last guest oh. is asking All right. you. So you'll have an opportunity to, to make up a question for our okay. next guest. But this is this question comes from our last guest. So when did you first pick up a camera and take a photo? Oh, I, I mean, it would have been, I don't even know, but I would have been a kid. I'm sure it would have been like my mom's little rectangular snapshot cameras. It had the button on the top. You could put a cube flash on it. <laughs> Pretty sure that would have been mm -hmm. it. Somewhere in the seventies okay. when I was a child. And now, if you wouldn't mind, could you please give us a question for our next guest? If you were not doing what it is you are doing now, what other job 
might you have had in an alternate timeline? All right, that's our question down the lane question for our next guest. Heath, I want to thank you for joining us on Pod Cetera. Thanks for having it me. It was a great conversation. We're really excited. We will be watching you on Instagram and online and in the movies and on our Spielberg's next film. Yeah, on Spielberg's <laughs> next film. That's right. We're all available, by That's the right. way. The Spielberg calls. That's going to be our it's next be call. All three of us. A binding pact right now. It's like, I'm not doing it without the other two. <laughs> That's right. Three That's right. or nothing. All of us or Somewhere nothing. Somewhere triangle. Well, it was really nice to meet you, Heath. It's great meeting you all. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. It was a great conversation. How does one find Heath Allen? Oh, that's easy. You got to look at my last name there, A-L-L-Y-N. That's what will throw you. But if you Google Heath Allen, you will probably close your browser because you're overwhelmed by results. You're like, that's too many. There's too much. I can't handle it. But I'm Heath Allen everywhere. I mean, that's my handle. My name is my handle on all my social media. Makes it nice and easy to find me because I want people to find me. Look me up. Give me a message. Especially Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I'd go with Tom Hanks over Spielberg. <laughs> well, they're buddies, right? Right. I mean, ultimately, maybe it could be a Band of Brothers type thing where Spielberg's and Hanks are on. Or if it had the Smothers Brothers, it would be Band of Smothers. Oh, there you go. There's the next Hanks Spielberg project. I can be Tommy Smothers. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share Podcetera. And be sure to follow and like the series wherever you enjoy podcasts. For Podcetera, I'm Renee Lego. And I'm Joelle Lodovich. Thanks for listening. See you next time.